0: and welcome to episode 100 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's episode, we have a few things to talk about, but we have a lot of people to thank for this first 100 episodes of the Random Thoughts Podcast. The first episode was posted May 25th of 2018. So it's been two years, three months, in eight days or 118 weeks. So the fact that this is episode 100, we've missed 18 weeks due to various things, you know, gallbladder surgery, some other stuff going on, but it's been a pretty consistent release, I believe. And that's something that I've been actively trying to do because with podcasts, that is one sure thing is that if you're not releasing people seem to lose interest really quickly. And I know I've mentioned it before, but there wouldn't even be a random thoughts podcast. Well, I mean, the name wouldn't be random thoughts if my wife didn't want to do a blog 15 or 20 years ago. It's been a long time and had me, this will be a funny blog name. It'll be random thoughts, but we'll spell it with a D-U-M-B. It's one of those things. I'm glad I never gave up the domain name because it seemed like it would be a perfect name for a podcast, although I didn't really think about it all that much until I was a decent number of episodes in that having a misspelling intentional like that in the days where everybody was typing things. Yeah, okay, you kind of got it. You see it in the search engine. Everybody gets it. But then we have these Amazon devices and these Google devices that you talk to or your phone. A lot of people talk to their phones and these devices are catching up finally by letting you spell, because otherwise, if you say, "Hey, I want to hear the random thoughts podcast, they think it's just random thoughts, not random. And it's hard for those devices to understand that. So, I mean, hey, if you're starting a podcast, the name is a big deal. Don't do what I did but there wouldn't be a podcast. Don Solomento, as my buddy Larry Blinder of that. Larry show says if it wasn't for Larry, because he's the guy that said, hey, just try doing a solo podcast. I was waiting on a buddy who wanted to go back into podcasting. We had done some shows and it was taking a little bit too long for my liking. And that never did happen. So with some good advice from Larry to get this thing up and running. And I will say that it's been a learning experience, but it's been a whole lot of fun. And while it's a little bit more work where you don't have a co-host to play off of or, or you know, to do the hard work like doing research or artwork or any of that stuff, being a one man band, as it were, has its advantages in the fact that you can do whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. Nobody's going to interrupt you. Nobody's going to fact check you during the show. So it's a beautiful thing. And thanks to Larry for giving me that kick in the behind. He has one of the best shows out there. One of the best voices, Mr. Velvet, one of the best storytellers that Larryshow.com, You want to hear about his cross country trip that he just took via car with the family and the dog, little moose from Los Angeles to the East Coast and back. It's a weird world, and it's definitely a little bit weirder during Corona, and it's what they should make a movie out of that. Larry, if you're listening, they need to make a movie out of that trip. You run into some weird stuff, and if you check out his site, you'll see pictures and all this of things he ran into along the way, but there's a guy that is also really good at the whole solo broadcasting thing, and it's a voice we haven't heard too much from, over the last few years since he retired from his job with the Los Angeles Dodgers right out there in Larry's neck of the woods. Vince Scully is making his debut into social media at the young age of 92. Now, the story of Vin Scully, if you're not familiar with him, he was a guy that worked 67 seasons With the Los Angeles Dodgers, starting out when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. And of course, he followed with them when they moved to Los Angeles, the longest running broadcaster with one team in the history of the world. And I mean, that's because nobody works 67 years except Vin. And he was an absolute legend. And he called more than baseball, but that was his first love. He called all sorts of things for the networks. But if you're a baseball fan, you'll understand. That he's a guy that was around long enough to call 20 no-hitters and three perfect games. I mean, I was lucky enough to be at a perfect game. And to me, that was the ultimate baseball experience that I knew I was ever going to have. Because it was my favorite pitcher also, Mark Burley with the White Sox, that it's really hard to have a better going-to-the-ballpark experience Then when you see your all-time favorite pitcher go out there and throw a perfect game, there's only been 23 perfect games in the history of baseball. I was lucky to be at one. Vin was at three and called them. And he's a guy that knows how to broadcast. There's no question about it. And he was a guy that for a vast majority of his career, he worked alone in the booth, which is something that is not done. Anymore when it comes to Major League Baseball. You always have a play-by-play guy and then a guy that does the color analysis of what's going on. And with the White Sox here, that's now Steve Stone and Jason Benetti, two guys that work really well together. But like podcasting, it's really a lot easier when you have somebody to play off of the humor is a little bit different because somebody will actually laugh at your jokes and people can hear that. You're not just talking into the ether, but Vin, he was able to have a career where he was the only guy in the booth because he was amazing with painting the picture for you of what was going on on the field with his descriptions. One of the legends, if not the legend, when it comes to broadcasting. So it is a beautiful thing to see a 92 year old Vin Scully who, of course, were living in COVID, we're living in coronavirus, so he's housebound. And a few months back, he went out to get the mail and took a fall, ended up breaking his nose. So he's a little bit more limited as far as what he's been able to do. And he said simply that he missed the interaction with the fans. And I can tell you that immediately on Twitter, there's been tens of thousands of people following him he posted a short message introducing himself on the social media platforms and in the little 45 seconds that he posted it was very clear doesn't want anything controversial doesn't want any negativity and he just wants to have fun and interact with people and if there's anybody that can pull it off vin scully can if not he'll disappear as quickly as he arrived But people throw around words like national treasure all the time when it comes to different things, different people. And Vince Scully is a national treasure. There's no question about it. One of the best, most soothing, most melodic voices ever in broadcasting. And a true artist, when it really comes down to it, on being able to paint those pictures with his words. And it's going to be interesting to follow him now. On social media, and I hope that he gets a whole lot of love from everybody on Twitter and Instagram. I think they said they're gonna start a Facebook page and all that, and he is doing an auction if you're a Dodgers fan, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a Vince Scully fan and that was the when the article I read about this happening, it talked about how the fans in Los Angeles missed him, and I'm like, you you're missing the point. people all over. My nephew, who's in his 20s now, was a big Dodger fan and loves Vin Scully. There's people all over the world of all ages that, due to the magic of MLB TV, which, I mean, hit the blackouts and stuff suck, but if you're not in the Los Angeles area, over the years, and you know, I caught a few of Vin's games in the last couple of years that he did, and I didn't even care who, was, who the Dodgers were playing. I just wanted to hear Vin Scully. And it was a beautiful thing that people all over the world could catch those games when Vin was coming to the end of his career. And I think a lot of people are going to enjoy following him on social media. And he has all of these artifacts from a really long career. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in baseball Vin hasn't met. And he has a lot of memorabilia, I guess. And he said it's getting to the point. I mean, he's 92. He said he understands that Time is short for him. It is for all of us. Nobody knows when your checkout date's going to be. But they're having an auction of a bunch of Vin Scully stuff. That's the money's going to get spread around between his kids and his grandkids. And there's a bunch of them. And he said this will just make it easier. Get this to the point where somebody else doesn't have to worry about going through all this stuff and selling it. So if you like Vin, check it out. Go to your favorite search engine. I recommend DuckDuckGo. But do a search on Vin Scully Auction. You'll find the information. It's coming up at the end of September. And hey, maybe you'll get a really cool piece of baseball memorabilia. No matter what, find Vin on Twitter or Instagram or check out, I'm sure there's videos out there as well on the usual sources of Vin calling games. He called some of the best games in the history of sports, including the. The Dodgers game. Do you remember the Dodgers game where Kirk Gibson was injured? Nobody thought he was going to be able to play, and he comes out and he hits the walk-off home run. Well, he credits that to Vince Scully because he was in the weight room during the game and he was working with the trainer trying to work on his leg, and he didn't think there was any way he was going to be able to play. And Vince Scully mentioned that there was probably no way Gibson was going to play, and Kirk decided to prove that wrong. And went out there and made history. So that's one of the few things going on in sports right now where you can really put a positive spin on it. So thank you, Vin Scully, for that. But the rest of the what's going on, in the NBA, I mean, geez, go woke, go broke. It seems to be what's going on for the NBA. They don't care. The people watching the audience disappeared. No surprise to anybody that's been following along. Sports are supposed to be about escapism. At least that's in America. I think what most sports fans want. You work hard all week. Remember, I mean, now we're dealing with COVID. Now we're dealing with riots in the street. You want a little bit of distraction every now and then to be able to turn on the TV or go to a game before COVID, and just have fun and not worry and have people from both sides of the political aisle and everywhere in between. They could all agree about one thing. They could all be enjoying the same thing that you can forget about politics and just realize that there is more to life than politics. That's not happening anymore. When political slogans are being put on jerseys, being put on the playing field like on the hardwood when it comes to basketball in the NBA, they're going to be putting messages in the end zones for the NFL, but they want to put their mouth and their monies behind the Marxist organization, black lives matter, but they don't want to support the cops. I mean, I'm with Bill O'Reilly. I mean, the, the slogan black lives matter, nothing wrong with that, but there has to be a balance and we can't allow the police in this country to be completely vilified because it's only a small amount of cops that are bad. We've talked about this way too much here on the podcast. And the reality of the situation is we broke it down for you. We looked at the percentages and found a couple of amazing things. One is there's a higher percentage of white unarmed people that get killed than black. So there just proves the racist narrative right there. But nobody wants to listen to that. Nobody wants to look at the reality of the things like the George Floyd situation, which is now looking more like an overdose. And I'm not a doctor, so I can't guarantee this for sure. I'm not somebody that is good enough at looking at video and picking things out. But the evidence right now is seemingly there to show that he had the pill in his mouth of fentanyl, swallowed that. There was a lethal amount in his blood. His neck was not injured. It doesn't the autopsy did not show that he suffocated. So, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch all this. But sports wants to keep putting this right back in our face and reminding us of all the things we're trying to escape from. So, if you're trying to tune into a ball game and just have a little bit of fun, you're not able to do that right now. So, what's the answer? Well, the answer is you don't tune into the ball game. You don't tune into baseball. You don't tune into the NFL. You don't tune into the NBA. You don't tune into NASCAR. For me, that goes to uh, just tuning in to uh, Bill O'Reilly four nights a week on his website because he does a really good job at giving the news without a whole lot of blather around it. And I've been watching older television shows from Frasier to, well, some of the really older ones too, Bewitched, I Dream of Genie, Gilligan's Island. I mean, all of this better than dealing with the crap that is going on today the new television shows are just like sports way too woke and there was an article the other day in one of the comic book websites that follows the industry now again this is just unnamed sources so these are just rumors and not necessarily ones i believe but i'm hopeful that this particular article might hold a little bit of truth Because it was all about how the Disney company is realizing now that their woke strategy is not working. They're realizing all of a sudden, and I know this seems idiotic, but they're realizing all of a sudden that making money is actually what they're in business to do. And the story went on to say that nobody was going to be untouchable, that the fans, we were not to be belittled. The fans were not to be lectured. And this is going to be hard to do for people on the left to not go after Trump and the people that vote for Trump. But if this is true, Disney's going to have this. Hey, you want to do work for us? You want to be in our movies? You're going to have to stay away from politics. And I like that idea. I do. I like that idea because we need something that we can go to for distraction that we can all agree on. And that's hard to do in sports, as we just talked about, and it's hard to do in television and movies when you see your favorite actor or actress that are out there just belittling your point of view. And I mean, it comes to the point where I want to stand up and say everybody should be able to say whatever the hell they want. With that said, if you go too far and you just have hatred in your heart, then, you know, you can't really blame me if I decide to stop. Giving you my attention, which of course is the only way for actors and actresses to make money, is to get your attention and to keep it and have you pay for the product that they're appearing in. And that's the only way to do things. You see this going on right now in places like New York and California. People are voting, they're speaking with their feet, they're getting the hell out of Dodge, they're getting out of the area. It's really no different when it comes to sports. If they don't get your eyeballs, they don't make any money movies. They don't get your eyeballs. They don't get any money. These artists that put out music. Well, if you don't listen, well, they don't make any money. Your attention is something that is a very valuable thing, which is why all of these companies are trying to advertise to you nonstop day and night, including the fine folks at Spotify, which brings us into our next story. What a segue that was 100 episodes in. I've learned how to do segues. The Joe Rogan move to Spotify. I probably talked about that a little bit here. I know I talked about it over on the other podcast that I do with Ryan Bemrose called Grumpy Old Benz when we talked about Joe going over to Spotify, and I said something was clear to me, which was there's no way they're going to let Joe keep being Joe, which is what he said. Oh, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be exactly the same. It's going to be a utopia. I'm getting paid what the guess is at 100 million plus to do this deal, but they're not going to want anything in return, which is for me to change. Well, that's turning out to be complete and utter bullcrap on day one of the Spotify experiment with Joe Rogan, because Joe told everybody his whole catalog was going to be available on Spotify as of September 1st. But guess what? There's a bunch of episodes which are oddly not included in the archive when asked about this because Alex Jones was one of the guys a few episodes missing. He called up Rogan. Allegedly, there was audio of this. I guess there's no allegedly. And I don't know if Rogan knew he was calling or knew what was going on because he took the call. And Alex asked him what the hell was going on. And Rogan just said, well, you know, we've been having some problems. We're moving over 1,500 episodes and uh, there were some problems with corrupt files. (laughs) Yeah, sure, Joe. And uh, you can swim without getting wet, too. It just turns out that when you look at the list of which shows just happen to have some problems and corruption, that the list goes Owen Smith episode, Christy Elia, Michael Shermer, Tommy Chong, which is a weird one on the list. Joe List, Alex Jones, Nick Kroll, Michaela Peterson, Owen Benjamin, Owen Benjamin, Owen Benjamin, Christy Elia, Sargon of Akkad, Kevin McInnes, Alex Jones again, Milo Yiannopoulos, Kevin McInnes, Milo Yiannopoulos, Christy Elia, David Seaman, Brian Dunning. And the list goes on, but you'll notice there's a lot of these same people who it's really weird that a very small amount of people that were on multiple times were all a part of these episodes that just had some technical difficulties moving moving them over. And uh, I don't know, they had plenty of time to get ready for this. I've moved websites before, and you move all the stuff, you make sure it works, and then you flip the switch. You don't go, oh, gee, look, we turned on the website, and half of it doesn't work. Or if you do, you don't really keep your job that long doing websites. So we can watch this now, but my guess is these episodes never show up, and my guess is that the Joe Rogan experience is not going to be as free as it once was. And I don't blame Joe for taking the money. Hell, I take the hundred million too, but it all depends. As I said, when this whole thing started, what Joe Rogan wanted out of this deal, if this was his exit strategy and this was his nest egg and he's done over 1500 episodes. So it's possible that he's just at the point where he wants to move into another phase and he just wants to take the money, ride it out, You'd have some guaranteed cash here. I'd appreciate that. But if Joe, I mean, if you're listening, I doubt it. If you really care about your legacy, you're going to have some issues. Unless this is really a technical glitch, which if it is, it's a very weird one. And I don't believe that it is. But it all depends on what Joe Rogan really wanted out of this deal. But it's something definitely that we're going to have to watch to see what comes of it my guess if we're betting on this these episodes at least especially the ones with alex jones never going to show up the chris de ones i mean he's hasn't been convicted of anything you know if we're going to start censoring people just because they've been accused of something we got a real problem but don't forget spotify has a deal an exclusive deal not only with joe rogan But with the Obamas, this is where Michelle Obama's podcast is. And we know from following along how the media works. We know what happens to guys like Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Rush Limbaugh, guys that the left doesn't like. They go after their sponsors and they say, we won't do any more business with you until you dump these guys. And here's the leverage. Now, all of a sudden, Joe Rogan, not being an independent, has to now let Spotify sell the ads for him because they own him. They own the show. No matter what he says, if it's a Spotify exclusive, Spotify is the one that has to sell the ads in order to recoup that hundred million that they're paying him. And Spotify wants to sell ads on the Joe Rogan show, and these sponsors don't like what The guys that he's had on in the past are saying, which is why these shows most likely disappeared, they won't do any sponsorships. And not only that, now that the Michelle Obama podcast is with Spotify exclusive as well, well, not only aren't we going to advertise on the Joe Rogan show because Rogan had Alex Jones on, we're not going to advertise on the Michelle Obama show either. So you're screwed. And this is how this insidious. Censorship happens, and which is why Joe Rogan, being an independent man, being tied to Spotify is never going to be a good thing for you, except for the paycheck. Congratulations on the paycheck. All of your fans now have to go install another stupid app to be able to hear your show, unless they're going to pirate it. If I want to hear any of them, Joe, hate to tell you, going to pirate it. Because you can't even listen to Spotify in a web browser without it installing drm software on your machine no thanks joe nothing you've said has been all that interesting for me to install drm software on my machine some other idiot will do it and then they'll post it on a piracy site torrent site somewhere and people will be able to download it there i guess you're still getting your money though joe so congratulations on that feed the beast that is spotify and speaking of censorship, my goodness, did you see the story in Australia? The 28-year-old mom. Her name is Zoe Bueller, I think Bueller, B-U-H-L-E-R. Bueller, Bueller, anyone? The Australian authorities in Victoria came to her house and arrested her, put her in handcuffs. She's also pregnant at this time, which I mean, again, if you're breaking the law, I mean, you just because you're pregnant doesn't mean anything, right? But what laws did she break? Well, we'll take this directly from the Breitbart story. Quote, police in the state of Victoria took the woman Zoe Bueller into custody at her home after she created a Freedom Day event on Facebook calling for people to peacefully gather against the government's lockdown measures. So, yeah, this woman posted something on Facebook saying the lockdown in Australia is crazy Let's do something about it. Let's go gather peacefully. And the authorities came and arrested her. Yes, into her house. Police in front of her kids while she's pregnant. Handcuffed her. Took her out. Took her to the post station and charged her. Quote As some of you may have seen, the government has gone to extreme measures and are using scare tactics through the media to prevent the Melbourne protest. The now deleted event description read. Here in Ballarat, or is it Ballarat? I mean, Nick the Rat's a Ballarat, but B-A-L-L-A, Rat. Here in Ballarat, we can be a voice for those in stage four lockdowns. We can be seen and heard and hopefully make a difference. I guess not so much. Not so much, Zoe. The police had different thoughts. And this, of course, Victoria governed by the hard left Australian Labor Party. But you know people like Trump are the fascist. No, the far left is the fascist people. When are you going to wake up and smell the coffee? It's extremely sad that this is going on in Australia. And I bring this up for a variety of reasons. One, because it's such a ridiculous story. And two, we actually have quite a few people that listen to the show from Australia. And we talk about the stuff going on here in America a lot and how crazy it is. And it's nice to know there's some insanity going on in Australia, too. Maybe we all need to band together somehow and get this stuff. Stop, because this is absolutely crazy that somebody posts on Facebook. Let's have a peaceful protest about this lockdown. And the police literally come to her door and arrest her in front of her kids. There is no freedom of speech in Victoria, Australia. And I'd like to think we have more here in the United States, but I'm not really sure that's true anymore. I'm not really sure that's true. And I don't know if people have the stomach to stand up and fight for it. I don't know if that's the case anymore. And it's sad. I'm hoping that there is a very, very silent majority that's going to wake up and start calling for more sane measures here in the United States. Out there in Australia and everywhere else in between. Because the only way we're going to get back to a world that is worth living in is if sanity and law and order are allowed to return. Of course, between now and election day here in the United States, I have a feeling the fireworks are just getting started and not just the nice ones like Trump put up with his name in them. I think we're going to have a lot of problems. But I hope that people do start standing up for law and order, for sanity, against all of these crazy, divisive measures that are being thrown out there. I do not believe that at the heart of the United States is a racist country. Are there some racists in the United States? Sure. But I do not believe for a moment that it's running rampant because I've been around 50 years and I've never seen it. But one thing I know is that the answers are not in divisive things, and that's all the left seems to be pushing right now. So don't buy into it. Make a change. Talk to people. Find out what's going on and be engaged with your politics from the local level on up. Now, we do have a bunch of people to thank for this first 100 episodes of Random Thoughts. I mean, nobody to thank today at all. I don't know where you guys are today. It's episode 100. I'll give you some leeway though, because we only had a couple of days since episode ninety nine, because that was pushed back a little bit. And I do hope you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. Over the first one hundred episodes, we're always taking comments, criticisms, all that. Darren D A R R E N at random thoughts r a n d u m b thoughts.com. But we have a list of people that have donated to the show from day one until now, and without all of you the show would not be possible without everybody that's been listening the show would not be possible without everybody that comments over on twitter when the new shows get released or on no agenda social all the input is very much appreciated but for the guys and gals that help us keep the lights on including jay finley otherwise known as earl walkman sir Scandinavian keith von Dyke. Renavis Murty. I mean, I know I always butcher his name and I feel bad. I need send me an audio file, Srini, that if I'm getting this totally wrong and set me on the right course, I am not good with language. And I know I only do an audio podcast and talk all the time. Doesn't mean I can pronounce the words correctly. We also have on the list our buddy ITM OMA or Omaha. Daniel Galloway, Chris Melmy, Brian Mickey, Bruce City Mike, Eric VM, Brian Ganak, Harry Hamster, Sir Sammy, and Pierre Stiff. All these people came in at one point or another to support the Random Thoughts podcast on our first 100 episodes, and it is very much appreciated. We do work on the value for value model. And if you want to get in on the fun, all the information on how to do that is over on the website, randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. And the reality is I should probably be paying all of you to listen. We appreciate your time. We try not to take any of that for granted. And we'll keep doing these episodes as long as you keep listening to them. So with that said, happy one hundred. Thanks for coming along on the ride with me. We'll be back next Wednesday for episode 101. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.